This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 135. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. This is Brett Hurst. And we are marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. So exciting. (laughs) Well, today's episode is called The Really Hard Conversations. The really hard conversations. The really hard conversations. As we've, opposed to the kind of hard conversations. <laughs> well, we've talked in the past about hard conversations because everyone knows, well, every married person knows that hard conversations are part of marriage. You just have to have them. Yeah, the question is how many and how often? <laughs> and mainly, how do you do them well? That's what we're really interested in. We've done podcast episodes in the past on this. You know, there are hard conversations, and then I think there are really hard conversations. And I'd like to sort of parse out the difference if we can. If we can. (laughs) Brett, you and I talk all the time about how the two most hot button issues in marriage are money and sex. Right. Those topics are typically the least discussed topics among couples right? and how that possibly correlates to those couples not seeing improvement in those areas because they never talk about them, Mm -hmm. right? you know, and I think we would all agree that it is hard to talk about money and it's hard to talk about sex. It's also really hard to talk about things like boundaries in marriage or unmet needs when you realize that you and your partner may be seeing your futures differently. Right. So all these things you're talking about, these are difficult because they're matters of the heart, right? I think that's probably true. Things like discovering that you're you're bored or you're feeling unhappy in your relationship, a lack of trust. These are all things that are really hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. Losing respect for your partner. Mm-hmm. We, we've dealt with that with couples recently where one partner, for whatever reason, has said, you know, I just, I, I can't figure out how to trust him or her. I mean, how to respect him or her again. Mm-hmm. Health issues are difficult to talk about. Mm-hmm. Self-doubt, even things like doubting our faith. These are all like really, I think there's hard conversations and then there's really hard conversations. And I think those kind of topics land in that really hard conversation category. What do you think? So even this really hard conversation category is pretty large and there's a lot of things that can fall into it. Yeah. As I was kind of thinking through this, I thought, you know, hard conversations usually include two things. They include substantive content, you know, or weighty, important content. And then they usually have some pretty strong emotions around them as well. Right. But really hard conversations have those two things plus that intense vulnerability. Okay. Of, you know, what is my partner really going to think when I say this or when I express this? Revealing your vulnerability is what takes it to the zenith of 
difficultness. Yeah. So the the weighty <laughs> content, the strong emotions, and then on top of that, that feeling of, oh my gosh, what is he or she really going to think of me? I or, might get rejected in some way or, yeah. or thought less of. Yeah. And, or I think for some people, not even really knowing how to put words to what it is they're feeling or what they need to communicate. Yeah, true. So I, I was moved by a TED Talk that I watched recently by a, a man named Adar Cohen, who gives these helpful tips about crucial conversations. I can't remember what exactly his line, well, I know what his line of work is. He works with people in mediation uh-huh. who are at polar opposites of points right. of view, and he tries to sort of bring them together. So the first tip he shared is move toward the conflict. Don't avoid it. Yeah, which is... <laughs> the hardest thing in the world, because what we want to do as humans typically is avoid that very thing that's going to make us feel vulnerable and be a little scary. And we want to self-protect. Yeah. And so that's why so many couples, you and I, Brett, that we sit down with will often tell us they've been dancing around an issue maybe for years Mm -hmm. And both of them have even maybe known it's there, but they just have been so afraid to actually tackle it. Uh-huh, right. So that's the first tip is to move toward the conflict. And not be fearful that talking about it is going to make it worse. Yeah. Reality is this is the only way to engage in it. Exactly. The second tip that he talked about was to realize that you don't know anything. You don't know anything. And he says the caveat to that is even if you do, pretend like you don't. So go in with some humility is what we're saying, yeah. Because most of us feel like, and I can speak from personal experience, when I engage with you, I feel like I know what you're going to (laughs) say or I know how you're going to feel. Right. And when I don't even know how I feel. Exactly. You haven't even been given the opportunity to, to, I don't even know what we're talking about. (laughs) But this idea of just going in with, it's almost like you can kind of tell your mind Let's go to a blank slate here. Let's not bring in all of our history, all of our past conversations, maybe past conversations around this very thing. Who knows? Uh And to really just sort of step in like, like I'm meeting you for the first time, which is kind of a weird thing to think about when you're married to someone for a long time. Right. But kind of start at ground zero and allow this to be the pure essence of conversation about whatever it is we need to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Then the third tip he mentioned is something that's so elementary, but most of us don't do it, is to keep quiet. Keep quiet. And we talk about a lot, the art of listening, that so much of our world is about talking and about getting our own point of view across. Very few of us are confident enough. And I think it takes a level of confidence and emotional maturity to just sort of sit there and let the other person share and be quiet. Well, and this one's a little tricky because how do you keep quiet and have a conversation? Well, it's true. But I think what his point was, he said, don't panic while the other person is trying to process the information. Right. Sometimes we're so quick to fill in all the space. And he was talking about his experience sometimes sitting across the table from someone who vehemently disagrees with mm-hmm. him or or bringing two parties together who who disagree that oftentimes there is those moments where someone is trying to just take in the information right 
and he'll tell the other party, just don't say anything. Right. Let them process it. Right. And I think that's a really gracious thing to do, I think in general, but certainly when we're in really hard conversations. Right. Well, because there needs to be a fair amount of back and forth, you know, Mm -hmm. one person talks, Mm -hmm. the other listens, the other person talks, they listen, Mm -hmm. so that there can be some real solid information being presented from both sides. Mm -hmm. Both people can hear it. There's not this high level of anxiety Mm -hmm. to respond, to walk over each other, to, to not hear each other, to not Mm-hmm. Pay attention to what's being said. Yeah. There's a lot of therapists who will use the the tool of when they're dealing with couples, they'll give one person an object like a ball or a mm-hmm. stuffed animal or something. And when you're holding that object, you have the floor. Right. And the other person is not allowed to talk. Sounds corny, but what it yeah. does is it trains the couple to- It does. How, how to take turns. Yeah. And I've actually heard people say it's kind of freeing to be the person who's not holding the ball. Right. Because you realize I can't talk, so I can just sit here and listen. So it takes the anxiety out of mm-hmm. needing to correct or tweak things or uh-huh. take charge or all Or those needing other. to fix the how our partner's feeling and exactly. all that kind of stuff. Right. So in addition to these three things, which I thought were, you know, they sound very basic and kind of elementary, but I think they're just crucial when we're talking about these kind of conversations. And then I added a fourth tip. This is from Kelly. This is my tip, is to observe other couples having really hard conversations. And I'll tell you how you can do this is via podcasts or some kind of educational content. One of the, the podcasts that I listen to is Esther Perel's podcast, I think it's called Shall We Begin? And she's a therapist. Uh And she will literally record conversations with couples. I think they change the names and that sort of thing. The difficult conversations that they're having. Very difficult. Uh And you get to be as the observant outsider, you get to sort of like, and it's interesting, I'll I'll listen to those kind of things or, you know, training videos or something like, like that. And I'll think to myself, Ooh, she shouldn't have said that. Or, ooh, he should have re- reframed that, right. you know, kind of thing. And it gives you the benefit of going, oh, okay, if I have to have this kind of conversation, I won't have that tone mm-hmm. or I won't say it that way. You can learn from it. You really can. So I think it's it, we can learn to be objective and we can learn what to do and what not to do just by sort of observing other people <laughs> doing that. Yeah, well, that's good. And if you can even adapt that same lens to your own conversations when you're having them try try doing that with your own that's what i mean yeah circular routines of how you typically have conversations how you typically have fights and go be a little bit not disconnected but uh uh-huh. objective yeah you know go oh wow i'm really paying attention this time to how yeah. I'm saying things or how things are being laid out. Maybe I could try this differently. Yeah. And you you said an interesting word there, you know, try to be a little bit disconnected. I think there is power in learning how to differentiate ourselves from moments where going into it, we know it's already really hard. But there's there's a little bit of power sometimes in just realizing I don't have to be mm-hmm. as emotional as I think this is lending itself to be, you know what I mean? My emotions are not required here. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to lead with my emotions, exactly. It's interesting we're talking about this because if I'm really being candid in some of these- Oh, please be candid. (laughs) 
in some of these difficult conversations we have in marriage tune-ups and so forth, which we do these all the time with couples, don't you, not talked about this before, but don't you get encouraged that we may be heading into a pivot point, a shifting point, when we see somebody who, at least in the opening time of our time together, is not behaving well, and then they lay down their arms, so to speak, and they suspend that need to correct, to interject, Mm -hmm. to uh, walk over, to be vehemently holding their ground and all that. And when they yield that, you start feeling like, okay, we're about to get somewhere now. Yeah, it's it's powerful. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It really is it's very powerful. It's a big powerful. shift in the conversation. Which is crazy because most of us think, you know, I'm thinking back to all the stuff I've read of Brene Brown's research. We think vulnerability is weakness, but it is right. strength. Exactly. To enter in is strength. Exactly. So when that person does yield mm-hmm. and start to listen or girds themselves up with everything within them to not talk for mm-hmm. a minute, even though that has always been their pattern in these conversations. Mm-hmm. You and I get encouraged that this person is really growing in mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's in- it's incredibly interesting to, to watch that happen when mm-hmm. we're with couples. Mm-hmm. Well, our friends Jim Harrington and Tricia Taylor have taught us the importance of learning to say what is so. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have now built that into our DNA as marriage educators, but also personally, you and I as a married couple. Of course, we always had the biblical admonition, speak the truth in love. Absolutely. You can say what is so and be a yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. What I mean by that is we have to say what is so. Absolutely. Our our job, you and me, is to help, try to help encourage people to say what is so in a healthy right. way, in a productive way, in a productive, healthy way, in a kind yeah. way. Yeah, and so where that where that begins is with us as individuals taking the time to figure out what is so, mm-hmm. what really is reality. Yeah. Most of us don't take the time or the reflection to figure that piece out, Mm -hmm. much less learning how to say what is so. We don't even always know what is so. Right, because we're speaking more in emotion Mm -hmm. than maybe what's really taking place. Yeah, and so like I'm thinking back to couples, Brett, that you and I have sat with where, you know, maybe one partner is feeling sort of dissatisfied in marriage. Mm-hmm. And they've come to the conversation initially to say, I'm not happy in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked through it, they've realized, I'm just kind of unhappy in life. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to blame it all on this relationship. Right. And just that kind of evolution in the conversation, you realize that person spoke about being unhappy in their marriage before they realized, I'm just kind of in a rut in my life. Mm -hmm. And once he or she figured that part out, then it was like, oh, okay, well, I can change some things just for me individually. Yeah, the marriage problems are more symptomatic of something bigger. Right, and that's not always the case. But but we've seen that happen, you know, and, and I think it's really important to say that. Learning how to give this information, receive this information, Mm -hmm. it's imperative, it's crucial in marriage. Learning how to talk about anything without the other person becoming reactive. Right, right. Um, 
or I mean, what I should say is learning how to not be reactive ourselves. Right. But it, you know, it's a cyclical thing. Conversations, I'll, I'll say good conversations create the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe even bad conversations create the future, but not well, the future true. we want necessarily. Right. <laughs> well, I think the thing that's always encouraging to me, and I think we've encouraged a lot of couples with this, is that what we're talking about is learned behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that you can put into practice and get better at. Yeah. You know, and just more practice produces more, produces a greater comfort zone. You, you can get good at having hard conversations. It yeah. just takes practice. Yeah. But, and even the people I, I know who are really good at this, uh-huh. I wouldn't say they look forward to it. No, no, that would be a little insane. You know, you know, you, they're just you have some other issues. If you're looking for these, yeah, really, maybe that's a different podcast yeah, right. episode. Well, would you like to say anything else about really hard conversations? Um, I would just like us to remember everything we've said the next time <laughs> the two of us have a really hard conversation. Well, actually, I'll I'll share a little teeny thing personal. Uh-oh. I know you're always like, what in the world? <laughs> this is no big deal. But I like even yesterday, Brett, I, I had to bring up something that was a financial question. Uh-huh. Oh, and right. I said to you before I said, hey, I think we should dot, dot, dot. Uh-huh. I said, I have a financial question I want to run by you. So you teed it up well. Yeah, because I kind of, I think if I had thrown out the amount, for right. what it, the purpose you would have been like, you know, right. and instead you sort of were like, all right, I'm kind of ready, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so it's going in with the right yeah. in- entry. It's it's learning port. what's going to work for your partner, right? Like in that moment, I thought I could just hit him with this. Well, and not just for your partner, but for both of you. Yeah, you know, it diffuses anxiety on both sides. Yeah, we're like, okay, now we know what the topic is. We can just go into this. Yeah. And not get all anxious or emotional about it. Yeah, true. Very true. Well, I think this was a good conversation about really hard conversations. Was it a hard conversation? Not not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'd like to give a special thank you to Podcast Rocket for producing this episode. Well, thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.